Hi, everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast. I'm the author of Common Sense Pregnancy, the book, and this podcast is where we have the rest of that conversation. I hope everybody had a good holiday season. Happy New Year. I took a much needed break with my clan and I really loved this Christmas. The house was full, the kitchen was busy, and that's the way I like it. I felt really lucky this year that all the kids were able to come home and bring their partners and their pups and spend a few days. And as you know, I like to whine a little about the weather here in Portland, but this year we had just the right amount of white Christmas and a wild ice storm, and it was beautiful. Fortunately, it melted enough that getting around town on Christmas Day wasn't too treacherous, and everyone who was invited for dinner dinner was able to make it. There was enough of it for the kids to make snow people. It was kind of perfect, just the way you want your holidays to be. Anyway, it's 2018, and after a two-week break, it's time to get back to business, right? 2018 is going to be a very, very important year for women's health, maternal health, and the rights of parents in America. That's because it's an election year. What's up this year? All 435 seats in the House of Representatives, that's our Congresswomen and men, are up for re-election. And a third of the Senate seats, that's 33 out of 100 seats. Now, This is important because the outcomes of these elections have the power to sway the direction our healthcare system goes, tax system, education system, prison system, our entire government, and then infrastructure that supports us as citizens. It's all up for debate and revision. Now, currently, Republicans hold the majority in both the House and the Senate, which means that along with a Republican president, they have all the power they need to make all the rules. And if you've been paying attention, a lot of the rules they're making are very punitive to women. Birth control regulations, insurance restrictions, huge swaths of the country where there are no reproductive or prenatal health services available at all. It'll impact our childcare systems, the amount of time we'll get to take off after we have a baby, a lot of things that impact every citizen on the planet in one way or another. Now, no matter which political party you align with, and it's no secret, I'm a great big liberal, I'm hoping that you'll take advantage of this election season in particular to learn the civics lessons that you may have missed in school. I want you to study up on your elected officials from a number of reputable sources and make an effort to educate yourself on points of view and candidates who are very different than you. You know, I think it's so easy with social media to just, you know, feel like you're really well informed. Um, But what so many of us are doing is we're just feeding our minds with information that supports our particular point of view. I mean, after all, we choose who we're going to follow, read and click, right? I'm asking you to choose other sources, news outlets, and media voices than you usually listen to. Now, make sure that they're reputable and legitimate, but listen to both sides of the argument. Look at both candidates and then do what you must do as citizens if you care about our country at all. Vote. Help other people to vote. Drive people to register to vote and then make sure they can get to the polls. 
Now, we're going to have a year of election ads, robocalls, and nonsense to wade through before we get to November 6, 2018, Election Day. But I'm hoping that you parents, the ones raising or about to raise the next generation, are paying very close attention. It's important, people. Okay, New Year's. I absolutely love starting a new year. I always buy a new notebook and give my house a clean and organize my office and studio and write down my goals for the year. And yeah, 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 I know I could do that on any day of the year, but I love joining, you know, sort of the global effort that so many people make to start fresh on January 1st. It's really an annual movement to do better, to treat ourselves the way we know we should, to work towards the goal that really goals that really matter. And there are billions and billions of us all t- taking stock and setting intentions all at the same time. And yeah, maybe it's cliche, but you know what? I love it. This is what tradition is all about. It's about people coming together in communities and communities coming together to create meaning. And even though my goal setting and resolution making is something I do solo rather than in a group, I'm still joining the global community because we're all doing this together. It doesn't even really matter to me if we all abandon ship by the end of the week. We're still showing up to take stock, look inward, and move forward together. I think it's less about the goal and more about the intention, right? And I believe that every year, resetting the clock about who and what you want to be is a big step forward, no matter the outcome. It's kind of like that with births and babies too, right? I mean, every baby is a new chance to do better, to show up as you know the person you want raising your baby. Your friends and family and your brothers and sisters and your coworkers, they all get that opportunity too to be their best selves, at least while they're with your baby. And I believe that every time we choose to be our best self, even if it's only for the length of time we get to hold a newborn, it all adds up to making us a better person. And, you know, that's what babies do for the world. They provide that best chance. Okay, enough meandering down that road. I guess what I wanted to say was Happy New Year. My guest this week is all about setting intentions and achieving goals, even when you have a house full of kids and you're holding down a few businesses. Carolyn Ricciardi knows how to get stuff done, and we're going to get her on the phone to tell us what she knows. Before that, though, I want to remind you that Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast, is looking for sponsors. Um, So direct message me on Twitter at Gene Faulkner or email me, Gene at Gene Faulkner, if you want to get in on that. Also, we're part of the Parents on Demand Network, where all kinds of parenting and pregnancy pods live. Head over to podnetwork.com and find Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting there. Now, let's start talking about intentions and getting stuff done. Let's get Carolyn on the line.
Hi, Carolyn. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. So um, let me just introduce you a little bit to our listeners, Carolyn. Sounds good. And I'm afraid I'm going to mispronounce your last name, but I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> no Car- worries. Carolyn Ricciardi? Am Ricciardi. I yeah, Ricciardi. that's pretty close. Oh, I was great close. job. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Carolyn is the owner and founder of Fit Families. E-cubed spaces or E3 spaces? Not sure which one. E3. Got it. And Go Boomerang. And we're going to talk a lot about those businesses. You also have a bachelor in social work and you are the mother of four. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So with that, first I want to know, where are you located? I'm actually, um, I like to tell people that my my main, my home base is Calgary, Alberta and Canada. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, because of these different business ventures, I travel around the world, which is part of what I love, you know, of what I get to do. So, uh, but Calgary is my home base. This is where I, I kind of grew up and uh, I love having a home here because it's a beautiful city mm-hmm. and uh, just a lot of nature and, and great people that live here. So nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, let's get, let's kick it off with our first big question, which is, who are you and what do you do? Well, thank you. Yes. Uh, thank you for that introduction. I mean, I think that um, that kind of summarizes the the ventures that I'm involved in. So as you stated, I am a mother of four uh, wonderful children who keep me, you know, motivated and excited all the time because they're, they're always coming up with uh, new ideas that I don't even think of just from their mindset. Don't they? Um, Man, oh, yeah. surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sometimes just getting their feedback is kind of like the best, the best uh, business advice that we get, uh, especially when it comes to work-life balance. They just look at it from a different perspective and yeah. hearing yeah. them because of course they're experiencing it. It's really great to, to listen to what they have to say. But uh, so they're obviously a huge part of my life. Um, as you stated, um, I did. I do have a bachelor's of social work. So I actually, my family immigrated to Canada when I was four years old. We are originally from Chile. Ah. And um, yeah, so I was raised in Canada, but I actually went back to Chile and I finished high school there. So I, fi- I lived there for about three years. And uh, then I came back to Canada to go to university and, um, you know, at the time, becoming a social worker was definitely aligned with with who I am, uh, just giving back to people and uh, sharing, you know, my passion for um, showing people that there are opportunities to live a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of, of my background with that is um, when I was 12 years old, I actually experienced uh, the loss of my mom in a car accident. Mm. Um, And we were a family of six siblings. I was the second oldest. So I took a huge role in raising them and taking care of them. And so uh, this definitely shaped my my character in terms of being a caregiver and, and helping others. Um, so you were so you were 12 and the second oldest. How was the how old was the youngest? Yes. So she was only a year and two months old. Oh, my God. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was a very, um, 
to say the least, one of the hardest times of my life. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I now as an adult and just in the space I'm in right now in my life, I reflect on that experience. And I, I'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And even at the age of 12, I remember thinking back then, like, there's a bigger purpose for me in this world. And there's a reason why I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that experience actually helped me to start journaling and writing goals for myself, which helped me throughout my whole life to to always stay focused, mm-hmm. like no matter what challenges came up. But uh, anyways, just going back to to who I am, kind of full circle. So I worked as a social worker um, in child protection with the government of Alberta, where I live here, um, for about 13 years. And um, then about, I want to say about four years ago, I really started to think about how I could do something bigger to give back and to create you know, some sort of positive change in the world. So I started to look at uh, kids wellness. And I mean, this was highly influenced by the, you know, the kids that I got to see in my work. Um, And unfortunately, one of the the common themes, I guess, regardless of people's social status, is I kept seeing kids that were uh, dealing with obesity issues, um, really poor diets. And, uh, for myself personally, I've always been passionate about healthy eating and teaching that to my children and just kind of passing, you know, passing those skills to them about like how to, how to cook and how to, you know, recognize what healthy meals are and what, you know, healthy food is. So um, that's kind of what led me to the, my first business outside of being a social work with, which is Fit Families. And um, I started going to schools and educating kids about making healthy food choices. Um, sort of the preventative yeah, approach. I mean, if you're dealing with children, yes. child protective services, they've got so many issues going on. But sometimes yes. the really basic, basic things like, you know, eating right and exercising and getting enough rest, yeah. that creates the platform, you know, even if you're, yeah. even if your life is shaky. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's something that they, they can definitely have control over regardless of, you know, what's happening with the parents. And um, it's something that, you know, as adults, we recognize that you can really change your mood or change your energy if you're putting the right type of foods into your body. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I really noticed that kind of you know, pushed me to, to really put time into this was like a lot of kids, uh, didn't even have, or don't still don't have, uh, like basic cooking skills, you know, mm-hmm. like even how to make themselves toast or an egg or, uh, rice, you know? And so I would sometimes visit kids at, uh, breakfast programs at schools. And of course they get everything kind of like prepackaged. Right. So they weren't really, again, being exposed to, um, cooking skills per se. And a lot of times these are kids that are home alone, Mm -hmm. right? Like the parents are gone to work early or they're not home when they get home from school. Mm -hmm. So I just feel that that's something that um, is, you know, definitely needed for, for these young people to grow up and be, you know, strong, independent contributors to society, regardless of what they're going through right now. So there's such basic skills sometimes, you know, like learning how to make your lunch and cook yourself a dinner that doesn't come ripped in plastic. But yes, that, you know, that we almost undermine them. We almost like, oh, well, you know, it's nothing. 
oh no, it's like all of it. It's everything. Learning how to yes. how to you know nourish and prepare your own food, nourish yourself, make those choices, spend that time, you know, intentionally preparing your own food. That's important yes. stuff. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. And uh, that's like I said, that's one of my. I would I call it my passion project because um, even though I was going to the schools, uh, it was very time consuming. It's very hard to get in to the schools here if you do not find uh, principles who align with with the purpose of your work yeah. and what you're trying to create. So I found a lot of times it was kind of educating the adults mm-hmm. too, right, about the importance of doing this. So, um, like I said, even though. It's my passion project. It's not something that I'm involved in full time, but uh, I do. My intention is to turn it into something where I can teach the teachers and then hopefully reach the kids that way instead of, you know, me physically having to be there and, right. and doing right. it. But but I love it. So so yeah. Anyways, I did that. That was the first uh, business that I started. Um, apart from social work, but of course I was doing that like a lot of entrepreneurs uh, on the side as I was working full time. And then I started to get into other projects that uh, I was interested. I went into real estate, um, which then led into E3, which I'm currently involved in. Um, which is, E3 is the yeah, project. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. It takes, uh, that's the one that takes most of my time right now, but I'm also very passionate about this. So they are centers that we are creating for entrepreneurs specifically. So essentially, um, I don't know if where you are, if there's, if you've ever been to any WeWorks. Oh yeah, yeah. Shared like co-working spaces. space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of uh, a merge between Starbucks and a shared workspace. So there's a full scale coffee shop and then attached to it is a workspace. So essentially the coffee shop's open to the public, but the workspace is for members only. Mm. And uh, in that area, of course, you have access to boardrooms and video rooms and soundproof rooms and uh, everything that you would need for your business to thrive. But uh, the biggest thing for us is building a community. Mm-hmm. So having a safe place to go where you know you're going to have, um, you know, other entrepreneurs that want to collaborate with you or, you know, provide resources or support you how they can mm-hmm. so that you can be successful. So um, we're building these locations um, right now, mainly through Canada and the U.S., um, but our intentions are to go global. So, got got any in Portland, Oregon? No, not yet. But we're actually um, our first location that that we're opening up in a few months is on Vancouver Island. Oh, okay. Well, you're in the Pacific yeah. Northwest. So. We're in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm sure from there we could easily slide over, but I do love that area. So, yeah, it's cool. Uh, we, we'd be happy. To, yeah, it's beautiful. So yeah. we'd be happy to have a location there. Well, you're providing a valuable service for those of us that work for ourselves. And, um, you know, my, my listeners are always listening to me whine about the weather. Sorry. <laughs> but, you know, when you work at home in a dark, gloomy yeah. climate, sometimes you just yes. you need to get off campus. You need to go to Starbucks or, you know, whatever shared working space Mm -hmm. that you want to, just so you can be amongst the people, you know? Yeah. Get out of your Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we found in the the way that this idea was kind of created was through that whole concept of, you know, it's hard doing it alone. It's better if you could do it in a community where you're supported and you feel, um, 
like you said, that you're, you have people to bounce ideas off of, or just to talk to another human. It is really nice, especially when you're working at home. Yeah, it is. So did you start, (laughs) did you start this business before or after children? Um, all of these businesses started after. Yeah. So I actually, in the hustle. yeah, it's in the, yeah, exactly. It has definitely been, a and, and I started them all after I had my fourth. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it's definitely been, um, quite the balancing act, but, uh, I have just found that for myself anyways, like just being very passionate about these projects. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel like work to me, you know, even though I'm like sacrificing and waking up extra early so I can get things done before the kids get up mm-hmm. or, you know, running around while they're at school and getting as much possible in. Um, some people would see it as crazy, but for me, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's exciting because I'm getting, um, you know, I'm able to create, um, businesses that, that I love, that I'm passionate about and that, um, you know, I know are going to create a positive impact on the world. So I'm excited about that. I think that it's, you know, it's kind of a new model of how women are going about living this life of ours, where we are raising Mm -hmm. children, we do need to make a living. And some of the more traditional work models simply don't accommodate us in our lives. And if they're not going to accommodate us, well, then we'll down well accommodate ourselves and create our own hustle, you know, and so yeah. many women come to this entrepreneurial spirit um, because it's the answer to how to raise your children and work. It's the answer. Yes. You know? It's a balance yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit yeah. about your kids. You've got four. That's a lot. Yeah. There aren't many. Yeah, <laughs> there aren't many of us with four. I have four and uh, a oh. niece. So you know, four, okay. four plus. So, so yeah. yeah. How old are your kids? Well, my kids, uh, so I have two, the two older ones are girls. So my two daughters are 12 and 11. Mm-hmm. And then the younger ones are boys and they're seven and five. Oh, you are in some of the meaty big work. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like I have um, both of the extremes, like the preteen stuff. Yeah. And then I have these, these boys who are just kind of, I think, um, discovering, you know, what their, their true personality is. So sometimes they're, they like to test it, you know, and see how far they can go with certain things and push each other's buttons. So yeah. it, it, it's interesting. The dynamics are actually um, quite fascinating because, of course, the two girls, they they get along most of the time, but they have their moments. Mm-hmm. And then and the same for the boys. But what I found the mo- find the most uh, fascinating, and I talk, to the, talk about this with other friends who have a lot of kids and I'm always blown away how my older girls sometimes get into arguments with the little ones who are almost half their age, but <laughs> it just happens. Yep. I'm like, there's clearly no way to avoid it. Cause everyone I talk to is like, yep, yep. that's exactly what I deal with, with my kids. So yep. Yep. I'm like, Oh man, I get it. You know, when you're a 12 year old girl or, or an 11 year old girl and you've got two pesty little brothers invading your space. And yeah, I mean, Plus, at that age, everything is annoying. Everything is annoying. Yeah. You know? So you. <laughs> I think that's the big part. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and at 12, ooh, she's just starting to get into it. You know, the. Oh, yeah. yeah the changes of adolescence, those are rough. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, the great thing is that with. Uh, with all my kids, but particularly with the girls, just because they are in the, 
you know, uh, pre-teenage. And uh, so we're, we have pretty open conversations about hormonal changes mm-hmm. and how that affects our moods mm-hmm. and just trying to help them be aware of recognizing that, right? right? And what, what may be happening for them in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I just, I try to, to be very open with them so that um, they do, you know, they can stop themselves early before they kind of spiral too much into, you know, moments of, of anger or frustration, because it is frustrating. I mean, I remember at that age too, just everything would, you know, make you mad or frustrated and and just not, not knowing. Uh, Cause of course I grew up in, you know, in a family where it was kind of taboo to talk about anything related to that. So it's kind of like, you just had to deal with it and and figure out what was going on. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got in our in our five pack, we've got four girls and mm-hmm. one boy. And oh wow, you know, <laughs> we always said, you know, those girls will civilize that boy. And it turns out that, oh. you know, we're as you said, you know, it, everything happens for a reason. And I think that there's probably mm-hmm. a reason why my son needed to be surrounded by sisters. And he's part of a generation yeah. who is you know, as your boys will be, going to be making a different statement about women in the world. And they're going to learn from their yeah. sisters, oh, respect. That's the thing. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's yeah. definitely something we have. We only have a few rules uh, that we constantly talk to them about. And the first one is respect. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is sharing, which we repeat constantly yeah. to them. But uh, yeah, definitely respect. And, and like you said, just teaching them about, uh, you know, the way they, they should be mm-hmm. around women. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of that mothers can't teach their sons. They can't no. because we have a different dynamic. That's something, yes. that's something they need to learn from their sisters <laughs> or yes. from that. Yes. Yeah. The other girls, their age. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say that we yeah. don't have a say in it, you know, or influence, but still, you know, it's, there's nothing quite like your siblings to teach you what's what, you know? No. And I think, like you said, um, like my, I feel like my relationship with the boys is different. There's a different type of connection. Yeah. Um, and I found this with both of my boys where they're just very, um, I don't want to say attached, but they have like this, this kind of, you know, obviously they, they gravitate to me more, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, emotionally I think as well. And so that's, that's really interesting to see. Yeah, it is. Those baby boys, they love their mamas. They love their mamas. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They yes do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was actually laughing about that on new year's cause my, my little guy, he's five. And, uh, you know, I always tell people this, this boy was brought into the world, uh, for a very special reason. Cause at that time I was going through some really big changes in my life, um, including, you know, leaving their, their father who I had been with for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even when I got pregnant with him, I, I knew that I needed to leave this relationship. So at first it was a challenge, but this little boy, there's just something, spe- some special connection. And I was saying to someone, on New Year's, as he was hanging off my leg, I said, you know, I'm like, just look at him. I said, he looks at me with these eyes, like he's so in love. And <laughs> I'm like, it makes me laugh because I'm just like, you know, I, this is something that's obviously grown in him. Like he's he's created on his own, right? But it's just fascinating for me to to see him, uh, you know, be in that state. And his it's just his personality and his heart is all very um, kind of, 
uh, what do I want to say? Like he's, he's, he's always very aware of my emotional state, mm -hmm. you know, and he's kind of just in tune with, with what's happening with me. So sweet. So yeah. Sweet. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk yeah. a little bit more about your work. And, you know, when sure. you and I were emailing, you said that you have some tips and tricks that to share um, that you've installed with your clients so that they can live their dreams. Let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, or for me, one of the biggest things, and I kind of talked about this earlier, when I, um, when I experienced the, the loss of my mom, my biggest saving grace, I have to say, was being able to identify dreams and goals that I had for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, because in that moment, you know, I think when we go through those type of crisis or trauma in life, it's very easy to to spiral into negative thinking and and you know not not focus on maybe what's good in our mm -hmm. life um and so that that experience in itself like i said uh helped me get over some of the most difficult moments including that uh but then one of the things that that i experienced in my personal life is when i graduated university and i got a job and you know i became a mom i kind of fell into the routine of living life mm -hmm. and i forgot to to continue to dream yeah you know i stopped dreaming yeah. and yeah. i was kind of you know reawakened to that um it happened to me on a actually on a on a trip, a girl's trip that I took to Mexico with uh, some of my, my friends. And uh, we, I decided on that trip that I wanted to take a surf les lesson because my whole life I wanted to surf and I just never mm -hmm. did it. And so anyways, I signed up and I went, I, I was the only one that did it. And I have to say it was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life in terms of like physical strength and mental strength have to like, you know, align because it's, it's very, it's very difficult. And when I was going out now, looking back, I realized these guys like threw me out there in some of like the biggest waves that they get in, in Cabo at that time of year. And so anyways, when I was able to finally stand up and, and surf and just feel the energy of the water. And like, it was, for me, it was really like this wake up call of like, why did I ever stop dreaming? Right. This is why did living. I ever stop setting goals? Yeah. yeah, exactly. For the first time, you know, in like, I would say probably like 10 years of just living this, you know, monotony of life. I was like, oh my God, like life feels so good when you stop and dream and like, and realize goals, you know, and just accomplish things. And so um, that has been a huge drive for me when it comes to one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching and group coaching is just getting people reconnected to what their big dreams or vision for themselves in life is because so many people have fallen into that pattern of being in the day-to-day -day and not thinking that they could still accomplish, you know, goals that they had. Um, I think a lot of so, moms realize, you know, yeah, uh, and, and fathers, um, but, you know, as soon as mm -hmm. they have their first child, they realize that putting themselves, their goals, their health, you know, themselves first just isn't going to happen in the same way mm -hmm. that it used to. I mean, before you have a kid, it really is all about you and what you want. And 100%. afterwards, it's not. And, you know, by the time you have a couple or a few, you, <laughs> you realize that you have to be really, really intentional about 
what you want to do with yourself, taking care of yourself, or else your mom life totally dominates everything and the rest of the woman disappears. And then, and then, you know, we meet women who are cranky or grumpy and feeling unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. They're bored. Mm -hmm. They become depressed. Mm -hmm. They become ill, you know? And sometimes it's just the simplest little carrots that you have to put in front of yourself. But I think they're hopefully comes a point for most women when they realize that that is what self-care is. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And that's that's one of the, like I said, for me, it was this aha moment of like, how can I be caring for these little people and teaching them about, you know, living the best life that they can design for themselves when I'm not living in that state. Right. Right? Right. I wasn't, I wasn't, taking care of myself. It's always like, you know, you hear, you know, people talk about, it's like when you're in an airplane and they tell you to put your oxygen yeah. mask on first. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what my reality was like. I definitely was not doing that. And the other thing too, is that um, I felt a lot of pressure, you know, either through society, family, um, you know, just other women groups where it's like, oh, you have to be the best mom in the world. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you need to be in love with being a mom and and it's selfish if you do anything that's outside of just staying focused in that role. And uh, for me, kind of breaking that, breaking out of that and believing that, you know, I'm okay to do what, what feels right for me yeah. and to do things that are good for me because I'm going to be able to pass that energy onto my kids as well. Right. So just being able to break through. Most of us were not put in this world simply only to be mothers. I mean, there are so many other things that are a part of us. Sometimes it's professional Mm -hmm. growth. Sometimes it's spiritual growth. Sometimes it's creative growth. You never know. But there isn't really anybody that I can think of who was put on earth only to be a Mm -hmm. mom. And, you know, mm-hmm. our mom life can last a long time. Yes. And if you completely subvert your who you are for a long stretch of your life, well, really, mm-hmm. who are you doing that favor for? Who are you doing that for? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And like for, like I said, for myself, I just, I always felt like this sense of like, there's got to be more. Yeah. There has to be more that I'm. I'm, I'm meant to be doing more and I just, I couldn't figure it out. Right. But like I said, for me, it was that moment of actually doing something that uh, was kind of like this crazy goal that I had, you know, like wanting to surf Mm -hmm. and, and, um, realizing like there's, there's no limits. Like it doesn't matter what age I am. It doesn't matter that I have four kids. I can go out and do this. And actually since then I've become quite passionate about it. I, you know, I have um, a home in, in Mexico and I have, you know, surfboards and uh, anytime we travel, that's our number one kind of priority is like, can we surf? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's actually created, you know, a great, great, uh, great passionate hobby for me too. But uh, uh no, like I said, that was that was uh, forever changing for me. And that's, like I said, one of the key components of what I like to teach people is reconnecting to that um, that state of being able to dream again yeah. and think about things that they really want to do because I know it's hard. I lived through that. And I know as a mom, uh, when I first did it, I, I couldn't I, – all I would think of were, were goals or dreams that – were kind of safe, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that I knew were attainable. Um, in the early which is days. A good start. Yeah. In the very, very yes. early days, it's like, I dream of a shower by myself. Yeah. 
Exactly. You know, or being able to lock the bathroom door and not have kids run in. So, <laughs> you know, it's things like that. But uh, just being able to to think of of um, things that that maybe sometimes we put our own limits and think, no, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. I can never make that happen. So breaking through those kind of blocks or barriers mm-hmm. that that we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What other tips do you want our listeners to know? Um, I think for myself, one of the other things that I always love to share with people is about um, staying on, you know, trying to be aware of your energy state. So there's there's many moments, especially as moms, that um, it's very easy to, you know, become upset or angry or, you know, frustrated with certain situations, whether it's kid related or related to what's happening in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, But just becoming aware of what that state does for the rest of your household, Mm -hmm. for me has been very impactful, because um, before I used to just kind of stay in that, you know, state If something, you know, if I got upset about something, I would kind of stay in that energy and just hang on to it. And I really wasn't aware of how that was um, impacting everybody else. Right. Mm -hmm. Until I I was kind of made aware of this. And uh, I started testing that within my own family. And I realized like when I am able to stop and recognize, you know, whatever the issue is for what it is, but not stay in that negativity and just change it around, Mm -hmm. it changes the whole environment of everybody. It does. Right. And so I I just I sometimes get I I know what you're talking about. Um, And but I want to just touch on the fact that for so many women, they feel like if they feel frustrated or angry or, you know, mm-hmm. the kids are making them angry, that they are a bad woman, mother, you know, or mm-hmm. parent if they express mm-hmm. that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get it that you don't want to just hang around being cranky all the time around your kids and you don't want to, you know, vent hostility in your family. That's important. But I think it's really valuable for children to be able to see that, wow, mom's cranky right now. She's really upset. Mm -hmm. And let Mm -hmm. it be okay for kids to know that, oh, that's okay. You know, she's allowed to have her emotional experience too. You know? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, that's definitely what, uh, what we do with the kids is recognize it yeah. for what it is. Yeah. Right. And it's just figuring out, you know, what, what can we do to get past it? My biggest thing is just not dragging it on. Like I used to be the one that, you know, if I got pissed off about something at nine in the morning, it would kind of go on for either the whole day or, you know what I yeah, mean? I where do. I was just in this negative mood and it's just, you know, you don't feel good. Cause you're like, you know, you feel this, this weight on your shoulders and just everything's kind of like on, on the edge. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so for me being able to, like you said, stop and recognize, like, it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to be mad or frustrated, right. you know, and recognize it for what it is, but just don't, you know, carry it on forever because you're not doing yourself or anybody in your family any any good by doing that. I've heard women say, I never want my kids, you know, I grew up in this really angry household and I never wanted mm-hmm. my kids to see me angry. And I feel like, mm-hmm. why not? Anger is one of yeah. our most valuable tools. Violence, yeah. you don't need that. They don't need to see that. 
yes. abuse. Yeah. No. Hostility. Yeah. No. You don't need that. But mm-hmm. anger is mm-hmm. a valuable tool that teaches people what our limits are. And yes. you know, that's valuable. But then, you mm-hmm. know, I too can be the the queen of if I'm pissed on Monday morning, I might still be pissed off Tuesday night, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I too yeah. have to go, okay, what is real here? You know, do yeah. do I really need to let this situation color the rest of my day? No, I probably don't, yes. you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. It's just for me, like personally, I just realize that it's not worth the energy to be in that state. I'd rather be, you know, in a, in a positive mood or, you know, have a happy, happy state. I just find that everything kind of flows better that way too. Yeah. Like when I've, when I've tested it and been able to turn it, um, then that that's what I found is, you know, every, everything just kind of goes smoothly around me. So, you know, I just try to, to stay aware, aware of that and the way it impacts the life around me. It has a lot to do with intentionality, I think. And you know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling your very best and you say, oh my God, I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. maybe actually, you, you know, you just need a Tylenol in a shower and you're just having a bad yeah. moment. You don't have to declare exactly. first thing in the morning that I am having <laughs> a bad day. That's what I'm having. Yes. Darn it. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And that's, that's definitely key as well is like, what, what intentions do you set for yourself for the day? I mean, I personally, I've developed a really, um, good kind of morning routine. So I wake up before the kids get up and, and I do what I call the self-love routine, which is, you know, a little like five to 10 minutes of meditation, just kind of, you know, accepting, uh, where I am in the moment, but also, um, writing down what I'm grateful for. So mm-hmm. I write down at least five things, you know, that I'm grateful for. And then, like you said, setting the intention. So I write down, you know, what I want this day to look like. And for me, I just found that being able to do that has helped me, um, again, set the tone for how my day is going to go. Yeah, it really does. Especially mm-hmm. in the early mom years when, you know, just the physical grunt work of making sure that all the children are, you know, present, accounted for, mm-hmm. healthy, and where they're supposed to be, you know, that can just take up everything. But sometimes, if you just, oh my god, you start your day and you say, "Today, my goal is," you know, whatever it is, yeah. it makes a difference. It makes you realize that you are driving your day. Your day is not That's doesn't true. have to drive you. Yeah. yeah. And and I think also being like, you know, obviously flexible and kind to yourself in terms of your own expectations, because my my biggest challenge is, for example, when my kids are off of school. Right. Because then yeah. it throws off my whole routine oh, in I terms know. of what I do for business. And so I definitely on those days have to wake up and really set the intention of, OK, today is going to be a day where, you know, we're going to you know, spend time together and enjoy the moment, enjoy, you know, the time of breakfast together and hanging out and doing whatever, and just not putting that pressure on, oh, I'm not able to to follow the routine that I usually do. And of course, you know, as moms, there's days where, you know, your kids are sick throughout the night, or, you know, something's happened, and you're, you know, you're not able to get up at the time that you usually do, or you just need to sleep because you haven't slept yeah. the whole night. Yeah. Um, you know, and things like that, they, they throw off, 
you know, the routine that I usually set for myself, but I've I'm practicing not being hard on myself if I'm not able to, to do it for that day. Yeah. Sometimes you have to make the yeah. goal that you set for the day, just something really easy. Like, you yeah. know what? <laughs> like surviving. Yeah. yeah. My goal yeah. today is that we're just going to get through this one as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, and just uh, try to make sure that you, you, it ends on a positive note. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, let's just shift gears a little bit. What do you think the future of work for women looks like? Oh, wow. Um, I honestly, I, I believe that it's limitless. I honestly believe that just because of the way of the world and so much information available online Mm -hmm. and we, all of us, I think have the resources in our hand. You either have a smartphone or you have a computer or you have a tablet. There is, in my opinion, you know, nothing that would limit you from being able to fulfill your dream when it comes to the type of work that you want to do and create that lifestyle of having, you know, a work-life balance, especially with kids. Cause like you said earlier, it has that, that whole, you know, old school mentality of, you know, having to, to go to work nine to five, put your kids in daycare, and then, you know, come home and have, and do the mom, the mom role, yeah. I think is, is really starting to fade. Women are starting to realize like, I can actually do things that I love at home right? and still be with my kids, still, you know, find balance. So I, f- I think it's really exciting. I think there's going to be a lot more very powerful women coming onto the scene of like dominating in businesses. And that's what I'm excited about is just from my you know, experience and, um, what I get to do with, with E3 and meeting so many incredible business women around the world. Um, I just love to see how not only are they coming up with like brilliant businesses, but they're also very, very passionate and very, um, uh, very, very excited about collaborating. Yeah. So that's what I really love to see is that it's not about this like competitiveness anymore. It's about how can we help each other so we all grow together. Right. It is exciting, isn't yeah. it? It's really exciting. It is. Yeah. 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 So that's what I love. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in our world because I, I think as women and as, and especially as moms, we just, we're, we're creative. I mean, we, we don't give ourselves enough credit when you're at home. You know, I always, I, I tease my kids and I'm like, you know how many professions I have just from raising you guys? Right. Like I have to know how to do everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so just being able to translate that into, into a business, I think that, you know, from being at home and being a mom, you learn how to, you know, manage time and, and tasks and, uh, you know, give people direction and be be a leader and all these kind of skills that are so easily transferable to a business that you don't even think about as a mom. Like when I first started my businesses and because I was coming from the space of social work, I thought, how am I going to run a company? I don't know nothing about running a company. Well, it turns out this the thing that people love the most about what I do is like my ability to communicate and stay organized and um, build relationships Right. And those are all skills that I learned from either being a mom or my previous profession. But 
um, yeah, you don't need to be an expert because as, as women, especially as moms, we, we adapt and we become experts of a lot of things. We can figure it out. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Yes, we can. You got yeah. a hard job you want done? You give it to a mom. She'll figure it out. exactly yeah Yeah. we're problem solvers right like we have to be so that's that's my thing is I think there's no there's no limits there's no barriers we can like I said before whatever you you dream of I believe you can accomplish it's all possible yeah yeah well we're coming (laughs) down to the end of our time together but I still have a couple more questions sure how would you fill in the blank nobody ever told me that Oh, that being a mom was so hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, I have to say, um, here where I live in Canada, it's very, when you're a stay-at-home mom, it can be very isolating. Yeah. And I didn't really grow up with that because like, I came from you know a Chilean family. We had grandparents living with us. So culturally, it was it was just part of the way life was Mm. that the grandparents lived with the family. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And typically, you know, from my mom's generation, most of the women stayed at home. But what I found is when I, you know, I made the choice because I stayed at home for quite a few years and I worked casually and part-time to kind of be with the kids as much as possible. But I found it very isolating because most of my friends or family were back working full time. Yeah. You know, so it's lonely there. It is. And that's, that's the thing that, um, you know, I kind of idolized the stay at home mom life before I started to live it. And then I was like, I don't want this. I feel like really alone. And yeah. And, you know, I just didn't feel challenged because I didn't get to talk to anybody about anything that was, uh, you know, exciting or again, that like that I would be passionate about or. Yeah would love to talk about. So that's the one thing is, you know, I wish there was more openness about how that is and that you can actually design it to what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. There's no rules. Well, then that leads us to our very last question. And it is this, Mm -hmm. where are you in your life as a mom? Oh, I am. I feel like in the most exciting time of my life because, um, I have actually a really great relationship with their dad. Um, when we when we separated, we we kind of we knew we weren't meant to be together as a couple, but we also knew that we were going to do our very best to parent these kids mm. the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel very, you know, I feel very blessed and excited that I get to show my kids that. Again, whatever you put your mind to, you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And it uh, doesn't matter what role you have in life. And they've really come to realize that, that even though I'm their mom, I could still live my dreams and do things that I love and I'm passionate about. Um, I'm excited that I get to design a life uh, with them where I can, you know, show them, show them the world and and uh, kind of our, our next step is we want to travel a lot more with the kids for business and have them be where we're going and just learn from the different places that we're at. And um, the exciting thing for me that I, I actually had a goal 
about four years ago that I wanted to live somewhere warm, warm during the winter months because I didn't mm-hmm. want to have snow or you know extreme cold weather anymore for winter. Uh, but of course, because their dad lives here and um, you know he had a stable corporate job, it was it was difficult for me to take them because I didn't want them to lose that relationship. Sure. But in the last um, month and a half, he actually approached me and told me that he wants to start a business abroad and he wants me to to help him structure that, um, you know, so that the kids could could live there and, and, you know, so that I could live there. And thankfully, because of the jobs that I have, that I can do them from, from mm-hmm. wherever as long yeah. as I can travel. And um, so that's kind of our, our next plan is, um, you know, transferring our life to kind of – uh, to live abroad during, during the winter months and then be here. But yeah, it's, it's exciting for me. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm grateful every day that I get to live out my dreams and have my children see that, uh, it's really limitless what they can do. That's wonderful. There's just so many ways to go Mm -hmm. about this job of parenting and being a family. And I just love it when yeah people are doing it a unique and successful way. Yeah. Doing great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Carolyn, it's been really a pleasure to talk to you. And let's talk again down the road. I would love to. I'd love to catch up and and see what else I can, you know, provide for your for your listeners and hopefully get them some some inspiration to to take action and do what they need to do to live their life of fulfillment and to the fullest. And if they want to learn more about you and the work you do, where should they go online? I would say that the the best website would probably be E3, which is www.e3spaces.com. Great. Well, Carolyn, thanks again. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on here. And thank you so much for for inviting me to share some of my insights with your, your listeners. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Our guest today was Carolyn Ricciardi, and you can learn more about her work at e3spaces.com. You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com. You can pick up the book, Common Sense Pregnancy, over on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, your local bookstore, or better yet, over on my website where I will inscribe it for you or your friend and mail it out the door super fast. Email me at Jean at Jean Faulkner. Tweet me at Jean Faulkner. Go find my website, jeanfaulkner.com. And if you will, please go leave a nice review wherever you find your podcasts. Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.